0: All right. How are we all doing tonight? We're doing all right? We're doing okay? All right. This is, this is day 11. It's getting close to day 12. This is day 11 of our fast. How are we doing? We're, we're doing all right? We're doing good? Any, anyone a bit hungry? No? Excellent. We're hungry? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hungry for the Lord. That's good. That's good. That's where we want to be. That's good. So at the same time, you guys, have you guys thought about, you know, what meal you're going to break your fast with down the road? Have you guys been thinking about this through the week? Juke? Yeah. Yeah. After juke. Yeah. <laughs> Jukes for a couple of days and then posam? Gogi? Bocham? Bocham? mate? Really? Wow. Okay. That's cool. Salantang? Grilled cheese with tomato soup. Amen. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, because during a fast, it's natural to be physically hungry. That's, that's just kind of what happens. Is we get physically hungry and and physically really craving food. I I really feel. I'm gonna keep going. I I really feel for the Emmaus staff. In a certain way, you know, a banquet last week, sitting in front of the banquet and not being able to eat. I think that'd be really hard. That'd be, that'd be really tough. I honor the Emmaus staff for their dedication and, and the students, a number of the students as well. Fasting. Good work, guys. Good work. And so fasting, fasting is really hard work in a lot of ways, right? And... And you just, you really want food. You, you, you really you really want it. And sometimes the strangest foods come into your mind that, that, to, to crave. Do you guys get that at all? Like, And, and you wonder, why on earth am I craving this? Why, why does that happen? I, I never eat this. I don't even like it. Why am I craving it now? This last week, I think I had macaroni salad. Like panchan macaroni salad from like kimbap changguk kind of thing. I'm like, I really wanted it. I, I really wanted it. I'm like, wh- why do I, like, I never eat that. Why, why do we even want that? You know? And Taco Bell. No, 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 for, for real. Kayla, Kayla, say this, wait. No, no, like, Taco Bell, there was, you know, there was a, there was a rumor going around it was going to open a while back and now, now it's, um, it, that that didn't happen. But if you've been walking through, if you've been walking through Itaewon, it's alright, Jamie. We all love you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but if you've been walking through Itaewon recently, you notice that there's been some progress, right? Have you guys seen? Like, like Taco Bell is gonna open any day now. Yeah. And this is, yeah, you can thank your lead pastor for that as well. He has been, he persevered in prayer for that. And God's honored his prayers for Taco Bell. And, and this past week too, I was like, like, not anything really special from Taco Bell, but a soft taco. Just a simple, no, a simple, <laughs> a simple, a simple, a simple soft taco with with medium hot sauce. That's what I was on it. And it just like, it wasn't like nachos grande. It wasn't like, you know, a quesadilla. It was just like a simple, soft taco. I could, I could feel it in my mouth. I could feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And so... and so yeah (laughs) and so what i hear some people saying through the week what what i hear a number of people saying is okay we're on we're on day 11 that means we got 10 days to go 10 days left right that's it so the optimistic ones are like just 10 more days just 10 more days and we can eat Whatever it is that we've been craving to eat. Just 10 more days. Just hold out. Just 10 more days. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. It's going to come soon. You know, we've already been through 11. Just 10 more days. Just 10 more days. Hold on. You know? It's coming. But what I haven't heard one person say... You want to know what I haven't heard one person say? And I... I know it's on a lot of your hearts and I hope it's on many of our hearts and I believe even tonight when we've been here in praise and in prayer in the presence of the Lord it's growing in our hearts. What I haven't heard one person actually say is only 10 more days we're running out of time. Only 10 more days time is running out. Because God has called us here to this fast. God has invited us to this fast. To a place of increased capacity for him. So this place of increased capacity for his presence. He's invited us. He said, he said come. He said, come and feast on me. Come and feast on me. On me. Because there are two simple things about this fast that we need to keep in our minds that are very important. Very simple, we've heard them already, but very important for us to keep them in our minds. First thing is that when we fast, like I just said, when we fast, we increase our capacity to receive from God. That's the nature of fasting, that's what happens. We increase our capacity to receive the things that God wants to give us. His very presence, we've said from the beginning, the most important thing about this fast, the number one priority is to say to God, God, I must have more of you at any cost. And that's what fasting does. Fasting brings you into this place of increased capacity to receive. That's the first thing. Second very important thing that we need to remember as we go through this fast is that God has actually called us to this fast. That this fast was God's idea. That's, that's actually really important for us to understand. Now, this fast is, isn't something like we were sitting around staff meeting one day and Pastor Marcus spoke up and said, I got a good idea, why don't we, why don't we have a fast? You know? It sounds like a good idea, why don't, why don't we do that? And we all agreed and we said, yeah, let's, let's just call it a 21-day fast. That, that's not how it happened. This fast came through Pastor Christian who heard from the Lord to call this church to a 21-day fast. And that word was confirmed in multiple ways. That specific word for a 21-day fast for our church, for this season, was confirmed. It's from the Lord. So you get those two simple truths, those two simple truths, things we need to know that that fasting increases our capacity to receive from God and that God has actually called us specifically to this fast and hopefully you've individually, specifically felt God call you to this fast as well. Hopefully that's been the case. You get those two things and you marry them together and you get this. That God loves us so much that he has called us himself into a place of increased capacity for him. God has brought us to his banqueting table for this season. Know it. Know it. God has brought us to his banqueting table for this season. God has done this. That's what God said for this 21 days. He said, I'm bringing you to my feast. So Come. It's not random. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. That's how God feels toward you. That's how God feels toward this church. That's what God wants to pour out here among us. This is his heart for us. And God's fast or God's feast is a bit like it's a, bit like a buffet. It's a bit like a buffet where, where you come and you... You eat as much as you want. you eat as much as you want. That's, that's the nature of God, is that God is a, is a giving God. You will not find any place in the Bible where someone comes to God and says, "God, I want more of you." And God turns them away and says, "No, you've had too much." God God never he, he never says that to his children. He never says, okay, I'm going to ration off my presence for you. He says, come. He always, he always says, come, come. You who are thirsty, come, come. Why spend your money on what is not food? Come, feast on me, come. And so he's given us this window of opportunity special window of opportunity to come and feast on him he's invited us to his banqueting table for that it's a bit like like going to a buffet but the person who's invited you to the buffet he says okay you got you got 20 minutes you got 20 minutes to eat all you want Okay, think about the most, I don't know how much you want to think about it, but think about the most incredible buffet you could imagine. And the host of that buffet says, come, I'm inviting you, come, have your fill of everything you want for 20 minutes. Okay, there'll be, there'll be other buffets in the future, but this one, this is a special one. You got, you got about 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, just come and do that but there is a window of opportunity to eat. Now, if you were invited to a buffet like that, would you come to it and then sit down and then just start talking with everyone? You know, just, just have this conversation, just good fellowship, important stuff. You know, times, times ticking, times ticking. You know, this is a window of opportunity or would you, you know, there's a dance floor over there. The music is playing. There's a dance floor. Would you go hit the dance floor? You know, you got 20 minutes, but but I love to dance. I, I love to dance. I know, you know, Pastor Marcus, he loves to dance. A lot of you guys, you guys love to dance. But if this is a window of opportunity that God is giving you to feast on everything you want to feast on, in your deepest desires, what you really want, you know, wouldn't you just sit down and eat? Wouldn't you just sit down and make the most of it? It's a window of opportunity. God's saying, for this time, come. Come, feast on me. A window of opportunity. And we're going to look fairly briefly at a window of opportunity that was extended to a woman and her family in the Bible. So please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter four. We're going to start at verse one. We there. We got it. Good. Okay. It says this. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on the rest. All right. So we've got in this story a widow who lives during the time of Elisha. And this widow is in a bad situation. Her husband has just died, leaving her with her two sons. And she's got a bunch of debt. We don't know how much debt, but she's got debt. And for a woman in that society, that was a really really bad place to be in because the husband in that time is your source of income. A woman can't just go out and work and earn some money on her own to support her family. She is fully reliant on her husband for that. And there's debt. And we're not sure if her husband left her with that debt or if that was debt that built up after her husband died. But the thing that makes the situation worse is that the creditors are coming around And they're going to take away her sons, which is the absolute worst situation you could find yourself in because your sons were your next source of income. And we're not sure how old these sons are, but if she had her sons taken away, she would have nothing. She would be left with absolutely nothing. A widow in that time with no sons is in as bad a situation as you can be basically. Now, Elisha comes along, and it turns out that her husband was with Elisha. He was a a man who was serving Elisha. So he was was a faithful minister of the Lord in that way. And and the woman, she cries out to Elisha as he comes by, and she says, look, my husband, your servant, died, and I've got nothing now. I've got no hope. You need to help me. You need to help me. And he says, well, okay, how, how can I help you? What do you have in your house? Because these prophets, they like to multiply things. So he's just asking, you know, so what, what do you have in your house? And she says, all I've got is, is a jar of oil. And he says, okay, what I want you to do is go around and gather vessels from your neighbors. Go find a bunch. Go find a whole lot of them. So vessels are like the jars, right? And so she... Goes and finds them. We don't have any clue how many she finds. It actually doesn't say that she went and got any. We don't know for sure that she did. But she probably got a few. And she brings them to the house. She's got her, her sons with her. And she closes the door like the prophet commands. And she starts pouring. And as she pours, as she starts to pour, a window of opportunity opens up. The heavens open up. Above that house, this window of opportunity opens up, she says pour and the oil keeps multiplying. The oil keeps on multiplying. She fills up one jar, she puts it to the side, she gets the next jar, she fills it up. She puts it to the side, she gets another jar. She fills coming out. She gets, puts it to the side, she puts it to another jar. We don't know how many jars, but she kept doing it. And as she was doing it, she must have been totally amazed, you know? I, I, I got oil and it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And I don't know how, but it's the work of the Lord through the man, Elisha, and it keeps going. And when they run out of jars, she asks her son, get me another jar. This is amazing. Get me another jar. And her son turns to her and he says, there aren't any, there aren't any more jars. And read right at that moment, the oil stops flowing. The window of opportunity has just closed on that woman and her family. It was there. It was there for as much as she wanted. She could have gotten as many jars as she wanted. That window of opportunity was there for her. But once it was over, it was done. No more oils being multiplied. And you know this woman was thinking. You, you, everyone here knows what she was thinking. Why Why didn't I get more jars? You know, what, what was I thinking? What was because Because Elisha's a prophet, and prophets do these things, and Elisha had a double portion from all that Elijah had before that, and he was multiplying stuff. And, you know... Why didn't I go to more neighbors? Why didn't I go farther to more of my friends and get as many jars as I could? Why didn't I do that? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? It was a window of opportunity. And I banked in on some of it. I got some of it. I paid off my debts. I've got some more to live on now. But I could have had so much more. I could have had so much Much more. And the prophet Elisha told her, you go get some vessels, get some jars, and don't get too few. Don't get too few. Because I'm going to open up this window, and as much as you're ready to receive, as much as you want, I'm going to give you. As much as you want, I'm going to give you. And that's God's heart toward us. God never turns his children away hungry. If you are hungry for God and you go after him, he's going to give himself to you. He does. Jeremiah twenty nine, thirteen, is God's amazing promise, it says this you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When you seek me with your whole heart, you will seek me and find me. He doesn't say, You're going to see, you'll seek me and find me when, when you seek me. You know, If you seek me, you'll find me. He could have said that. God could have said that through the prophet Jeremiah. But he said, with your whole heart, if you really want it, if you really want it, I'm going to give myself to you. You're going to see me. You are going to see me. So come. So come. It's a window of opportunity. I think about it in terms of. I love hockey. I think a lot of you guys know that hockey's. Uh, it's been a big part of my life, and, um, and it's a little bit. This window of opportunity is a little bit like, like a power play, in hockey. Okay, and if you, you guys just stick with me, and I'm going to try to explain this well, because this this ministers to me. I trust it'll minister to you. Okay. <laughs> Now, in hockey, for those of you who, who don't know as much about hockey, um, it's a it's five-on-five game. Five skaters and one goalie on both teams through the game. But if one team gets a penalty, that team has to send a player to the penalty box. The person penalized goes to the penalty box, and a window of opportunity opens. A window of opportunity opens for the team that was not penalized to go on the offensive. Okay, it's not for a long time. It's usually two minutes. It's usually two minutes in hockey. You've got two minutes of a window of opportunity to go on the offensive and score. That's your chance. You can score in other parts of the game and and teams always do, or not always, but usually do. But when you have, it's called a power play. When you've got a power play, that's your window of opportunity to press in. You press in now. And you, you go for it. You, you go for that goal because it's closer to you than it was before. Now, if a team got a power play in hockey and they decided, okay, this is, it's now five. We've got five players. They've got four players. Chances are they're not going to score on us. So this is good. That's good, right? We got five players. They got four. They're, they're probably not going to score on us. So let's just make sure they don't score on us while we have the power play. If a team went on a power play and just played defensive hockey during that window of opportunity, you know what the fans would do? The fans fans would be all over them. Yeah, the fans would be irate. You you wouldn't think of doing something like that. Hockey fans get irate. Believe me. And because the fans know the fans are well-educated the fans know that when you get a power play as a team the purpose of that now is to go on the offensive to go for it that is the nature of a power play to go on the offensive they know it they all know it that's what a power play is in hockey if you don't like hockey I've got another analogy I like this one too okay you guys like you guys like video games. Like, you guys like vids, okay? Some of you don't like that either. Super Mario Brothers. Everyone knows Mario, right? Everyone knows Super Mario? Right. Okay. Let's, oh we oh got Caleb's Caleb's calling Don't don't you know, don't ruin it for me, Caleb. Okay. So in Super Mario Brothers, you you you're Mario, you're Luigi, you whoever character you want to be, but you're going through the game and you can, you know, you can do a lot of stuff. You know, you can You get mushrooms, you get flowers, you're shooting, you know, firepower, like, this, yeah, all sorts of things, you get, like, whatever, you get all sorts of things, but one of the things you can get in Super Mario Brothers is a star, right, right, okay, when you get a star, because it's like, it's like one of the most recognized songs in, like, the world, but then when you get the star, how does it sound? And when you get the star, could you imagine? You're playing this game. You get the star, and then you just stand there. Right. You don't, you don't just stand there. When you get, what do you do when you get the star? You run, because that's a win of opportunity and it doesn't last that long. It doesn't last that long. And once that's done, it's done. Then you're susceptible again. You know, then you can, you know, you, you hit Koopa Trooper or whatever, and he's going to make you small or he's going to kill you. So that's a window of opportunity that you do not want to waste. I tell you, brothers and sisters, this fast, is a window of opportunity. It's a window of opportunity. It's a special time that God has set aside for us to go on the offensive. We're going to look at one more passage really quickly too. Turn, it's not too far away. Turn to Second Kings chapter 13. Kings thirteen, verse fourteen. Second Kings thirteen, verse fourteen. I'll read from there. Still dealing with Elisha. Says now when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, King of Israel, went down to him and wept before him, crying, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. For you shall fight the Syrians in Afek until you have made an end of them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck three times and stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you had made an end of it. But now you will strike down Syria only three times. Yeah. (laughs) That's harsh. Sounds harsh. Sounds harsh, right? So Elisha is now at the end of his life and Joash is king over Israel, and Elisha going to do some prophetic actions here, some prophetic activity over the king, over King Joash. And so Joash knows well. Joash, the man, at this point in his life, at least now, he's honoring his prophet. He's honoring Elisha when he says, "My," he says, my father, the chariots of." And it's horsemen. That sounds kind of strange, right? what's, What's he talking about? What he's saying here is he's ascribing honor to Elisha beyond the army of Israel. He's saying, you are more important militarily. You are more important than the army itself. I honor you and your prophecies and your work, your ministry in our country. I honor you. And so the prophet, he sees that. And, and he he pours out into him. He says, okay, we're going to do some stuff now. You're honoring me. We're going to do some stuff. Some prophetic activity. And so he, he calls Joash to shoot a bow or shoot an arrow out the window. And that was a prophetic sign that he was going to defeat Aphek in a battle that was upcoming. Prophetic sign. He did well. And then Elisha calls on joash to take the arrows and strike them on the ground he doesn't say how much he doesn't say how many times he just says strike the ground or joash already knows this is going to be a prophetic sign he knows it that's that's the situation he's in prophecy is going to happen right now and Elisha just told him to strike the ground with the arrows so he strikes it three times and he probably thought wow that's good he just told me to strike the ground I, i struck it three times and Elisha turns to him and he rebukes him. And he says, you should have struck it, what, five or six times. Because if you would have done that, then the army would have been totally destroyed. I, I'm giving you a window of opportunity, Juash, he said. This is your window of opportunity. Strike the ground. Do it now. Go on the offensive. This is a window of opportunity. Strike the ground. Do you really want it? You know, this is a prophetic sign. You know what I'm doing? Strike the ground. What do you really want out of this? And he was satisfied with striking the ground three times. A window of opportunity was, it was like five seconds long, but it would have lasted as long as Joash would have kept striking those arrows, you know, for this situation. A window of opportunity. And I really feel as God's heart for us tonight. That's what God has laid on my heart to communicate to us here tonight. That we have 10 more days. We have 10 more days and we are running out of time. Yeah, and you know what? There are going to be other fasts in the future. And when this fast is over, it's not like we can't seek God apart from a fast because God loves it when we seek him anytime in any situation. But he has gifted us. He has specifically called us here at New Philadelphia Church to this feast. He said, I love you and I want to bless you. So come to this 21-day fast. Come to my 21-day feast. Come and eat your fill. Come. Come. I'm not going to turn you away. I'm not going to tell you you want too much. I'm never going to tell you that. I'm not going to do it. Come and eat eat all you want. But come and seek me with your whole heart. So God's calling us here. Ten days. Ten days to press in. And this window of opportunity is going to be over. And it's okay. Okay. It's okay when it's over. There's going to be, again, more times in the future. But this specific window lasts 10 more days. And his grace is enough to conquer our, you know, our pains of hunger, whatever it might be, you know, eating or watching people eat in front of us, whatever temptations we might have coming our way, his grace is enough. And he desires to pour into our lives through this fast. So let's adopt that attitude now. If we haven't, I want to to pray. Let's pray. Let's close your eyes. Let's close your eyes. Right now, if that's you tonight, if that's you and you've and you've had this attitude, ten more days. I can't wait till it's over. Ten more days. And right now, as uh, the Lord's calling you. The Lord's calling you to an attitude shift, a change in your mind, a change in how you see this fast, a change in your thinking. He's calling you to this. He's saying, see this rightly. See rightly what I desire to give to you. See rightly the feast that I've called you to in the spirit. See this rightly. I just ask the Lord, just ask him, Lord, change my mind. Help me to see this rightly. God, I want you, God. I want to feast on you for 10 more days. I want to make the most of it. Just tell the Lord that I want to make the most of it. Lord, help me to make the most of this fast. Just talk. God, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, we position ourselves before you to receive, God. Our hearts are thirsty to receive. Right now, Lord, we ask, Lord, for a mindset shift, God. For all of us, God, who are struggling, God, with trying to make it through this fast, God, a shift in our mindset, God, to hunger and thirst, to see this, God, as a special window of opportunity, a special privilege and you are calling your children to this does not happen often god but you are calling your children to the special privilege to dine at your table lord enable us to see god through this week when things get difficult enable us to see god that our mindset would be shifted toward your mindset god that we would think your thoughts god that we would feel lord your feelings god that we would desire the things that you desire god yes father Yes, open our eyes to see, God. Open our eyes to see, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Teach us to continue going on the offensive, Lord. Going for you, God. Teach us to go, Lord, for you, Lord, through this fast, Lord. Yes, Lord, to run for you, God. To run for you, God. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, God. Yes, For we know, Lord, that you do not turn your children away hungry, Lord. You do not turn your children away hungry, God. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We set our hearts fully on this, God. Fully on you, God. Yes, God. Fully on you. Fully on you, Lord. Fully on you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, we love you. We give ourselves completely to you. We ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes, give him thanks. Thank you.